This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Spera. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is when family complicates things. Don't they always? Yeah, they do. Uh, also in the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news, bad relationship habits you can learn from your parents, and the importance of humility. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions, including one listener who is dating her brother's ex and another who wants her boyfriend to cut ties with his mom. That's I don't hard. Know, I don't so know about hard. her. That seems like a shitty person. See, sometimes family complicates things. But first, Angela, what's going on in your week? Um, so every now and then I have people that I know IRL reach out to me and be like, I need your podcast opinion. Um, so this happened recently. I like that they call it your podcast opinion versus yes. like Angela's typical advice. Right. Is it different? You know, everybody knows that if you have a podcast, you're just much better at giving advice. I don't know. I mean, we say we, people write in and say really nice things and say we've helped us or we've helped them. But you know, all we do is we just give our our honest BFF, big sister advice. But I do got to say, like, it's way easier for me to give, like, really blunt, true advice to our podcast listeners than, like, one of my friends. Because my friends, I'm like, what if I tell her, like, this guy sucks and then that ends up being the person she's with forever? Or I don't know. Sometimes friends just want encouragement or they just want someone to listen to them and they don't actually want my, like, Laura Lane, this is why you're single true podcast advice of how I really feel. I do think the podcast has sort of knocked down some of my filters for better or worse. So like uh, another coworker was recently asking me for advice and I had to stop halfway through and be like, I'm sorry, I'm being... I'm asking you a lot of questions. I'm being very uh, invasive. I host a podcast. <laughs> um, so please tell me if I need to reel it in. Oh my God. I've realized that I've, I have don't have as much of a filter about anything in life because on the podcast, we, we just like kind of talk about anything and I you know I just assume nobody I know is listening so I just like blast it out into the universe to <laughs> the our ether. the to the ether to like our podcast listeners who are are my friends but it's just different you know right. I'm you're, like you're I'm necessarily like, to face them every day yeah yeah be like that, oh when I talked about that sex thing with well, Nick and they tell us their very personal stories so I feel like we're both just getting like real personal yeah it's a tit for tat it's like a tit for tat so it's like we're both just sharing our real personal stories like you know about everything in my life but you know, I want some mystery with people I have to see on a daily basis. <laughs> Anyways, so what was her question? So she reached out to me and she was she, – she has been dating this guy. They've been together for six months. She's really into him, but they've had lots of ups and downs. Um, and she said they were sitting on the couch watching TV um, and he said something like – like she made a joke and he was like, this is why I love you. And she was like, Whoa. you love me? And then he went, no. <laughs> He was well. He was just like, I'm not ready to have that conversation. Like he just kind of he like, just meant like this turn of phrase. She should have picked up on that. She should have, but I think she just really wants it to happen, oh, so she jumped right on it. That's not the right way to do it. Like no, like um, yeah. He's just like, oh my god, this is why I love you. Like like as if I would say, I would just say that to anyone. Yeah, you know, this is actually something that happened the third time that I ever met Ian. <laughs> Uh, he lost his keys and I found them and he's like oh my god I love you and we both like paused for a second and then we just pretended it didn't happen that's the right thing that's to what do. you do you ignore it <laughs> that happened with Nick and I a lot really early on um, we recently had our 10 year anniversary so I was going back through this little I guess you could call it a diary but not really a diary more like a notebook that I I don't know just felt compelled to start at the beginning of our relationship because I just you know somehow in my heart felt like this relationship is different than any others I need to document this for myself and our future children if this happens if not I'll throw this away um but anyways one of the early on like the first couple weeks he was singing that song like you are my sunshine my only sunshine you make me happy when skies are gray you'll never know dear and what's the next line how, how much, much i love you and i wrote in the notebook I'm like it was so awkward because he just stopped before he, <laughs> as he was singing the song he like got to like you'll never know dear 
yeah, that's a good song. <laughs> I forget the rest. <laughs> and uh, and I think I made like a joke like, that was awkward. And then we just kind of moved on. And right. I'm like, that's the right response. Yeah. I think you yeah, don't you, like, you make a joke about it or you ignore it. Exactly. <laughs> you don't take it seriously. Although I guess maybe at six months in, like, man, people, ex- people start is, expecting it. There. Yeah. It Nick, doesn't have to happen at six months, but people are like ready for it sometimes. Didn't Ian say he loved you at seven months? Something like that. Because Nick was like seven months on the dot. So like when people start freaking out at six months, I'm like, oh, I get it. Because I yeah. remember the feeling of being like, I know I love this person, but I just, you know, not, it shouldn't matter what gender says at first, but I don't know. I still didn't want to be the one to say it. And and he said it at seven months. So I don't blame her at six months. And then it's just really awkward that he was like, I don't want to, I'm not ready to have that conversation. Because yeah. if it does get brought up and he feels it, he might be like, yeah, I do. But this this isn't like really how I meant to tell you like offhandedly. Like I wanted to have a special moment. But he was just like, you know, kind of like stone cold. I'm, I don't yeah. want to have that conversation. Like as if it's, I don't know, some boss being like, you know, this is too early for you to ask for a raise. Right. Like, okay. Right. But it's like, yeah, it's going to come up at that point. But anyway, I told her not to freak out. So it just takes certain people longer than others. I think, you know, it's not written in stone somewhere that you have to say it at six months. I, I would say like if it takes longer than a year, that's when it's like sort of red flag territory to me personally. But yeah, for I, sure. I think she's okay. It, or it could be, you know. We'll see. TBD. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you guys know. Let us know. Keep us what's, posted. What's going on in your week? Okay. So I have a uh, very close friend of mine. I was at their wedding and she's currently in the process of getting a divorce. Oh, no. Um. No, this is good. She is thriving. Oh, like, good. She good. like she's dating all these like young hot guys. She's never looked better. Has never been happier. Like this, you know, a divorce is sad no matter who it happens to. But it's also made me realize like sometimes it is like the right move for people, totally. and it's the right decision. And some people were supposed to be in your life for a certain amount of time, and. And then you're supposed to move on. Like they were the right person for you at a time in your life when it was right. And like, and you got to live, then you got to go and live your best life. Yeah. Being being shackled to the wrong person is way sadder than a divorce. Exactly. And that's what people don't realize. They're like, oh my God, so sad divorce. I'm like, no, dude, like living her best life. But um, what I wanted to share on the podcast was she sent me a text the other night and was like, look at this painting. And it was a painting that someone had given her for her wedding of her and her then husband oh my god uh they had just like t- taken a photo of them and like gone to some artists and had them like do a giant <laughs> mural like not mural but like like portrait portrait of the two of them that was a wedding gift it was hideous painting and uh <laughs> and <laughs> she never hung even it. when you like the person you're like i don't want this exactly and now and so oh, he really doesn't want it so it was like in her garage and she took it out and was like, what the fuck do I do with this? I didn't want to hang it in my house when we were married. What do I do? She's like, I'm going to burn the shit out of this. <gasps> Had a bunch of friends over, got some wine, uh, tried to put it in the fireplace, but it was too big. So then oh they God. had to cut up this painting into all these little pieces and like burn it. I was like, that is so symbolic of the relationship ending and also just a very funny visual and story. That this I- reminds me of the story that we read on the podcast of the woman who took things a step further and did the, her divorce photo shoot and like set her wedding photos on fire and yes. posed with the flames. That was a little much. A little, a little extra. This friend is like doing it the right way because she kind of like did it in private. She didn't need to do like a photo shoot about like, look at me burning this right. portrait I'm of- so over it that I did a whole photo shoot. It's like, I would be like with that other girl, I was like, mm, I don't think you're over it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you a little crazy. Um, But I thought that was just so funny because otherwise, what's she going to do? Like, donate it to like a thrift store like she doesn't want this portrait out there in the world of like yeah of like her finished marriage right well I, and it was was it like cathartic for her um i think so i think the <laughs> mostly ca- just funny i think just signing the divorce papers will be like the most cathartic and <laughs> yeah. the, and for this it was more just like thank god that awful painting is out of my life well good for her uh i think I will tell her. Uh, she told me I could share this on the podcast. Oh, so thank you. Uh, now we're going to take a quick sponsor break, and then we're going to jump into what's in the news. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. Turn your cool idea into a new website. Ready to start your new business? Make it stand out. 
Get started with Squarespace. Honestly, I got to say, if you have a legit looking website, you just look more legit. And it's hard to create a nice looking, clean website on your own. Squarespace has these templates that just make it so easy. You don't need a lot of stuff going on on your website. Honestly, Actually, the simpler, the better, I think. Totally. I just simplified mine the other day. I saw some other writer's website that was really simple. I still have way too much stuff on mine because I use it like a lot for myself. Like I still have my acting reel. I'm like, I don't really act. I have, I just have a lot of stuff I don't need, but I don't know. It's just nice to keep it all in one place. But I saw a writer who had like all the art, their articles listed really simply. And so I changed mine and it took me like an hour. It was so easy to do. I just love Squarespace. I can't say enough nice things about them. You can check out my website, lauralane.com or check out our collective website this is why your single show.com if you want to see the website that we created and i'm sure you can make an even cooler one yeah, on your own where laura created our website she wasn't an expert when she started now i think she kind of is i try but it didn't matter because squarespace makes it so accessible and easy that she's able to make it look beautiful so if you're a po- if you're starting a podcast like us if you're a comedian, maybe you're an architect, maybe you make furniture, maybe you're a producer, maybe you're a nutritionist, maybe you're a consultant, any job, you could use a Squarespace website to make you look more legit. Um, you don't need to know anything about building websites. They have these beautiful templates pre-made. They're created by world-class designers. You have the ability ability to customize the look and feel, the settings, the products, and more with just a few clicks. And they have 24-7 award-winning customer support. They're great. Go to squarespace.com slash single for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code single to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash single, code single to save 10% off. All right, Angela, what have you been reading about in the news? All right. Well, you know, we're talking all about family this week. So Hello Giggles had an article, Eight Signs That You Learned Bad Relationship Habits From Your Parents. This is by Karen Fratty. Um, always blame the parents i know and you're a mom so watch out. i know i kind of hate that though because i'm like i'm a mom now i'm every choice i make i'm just doing my best i love my child and i'm just now realizing like most people feel that way and then you grow up and you're like mad about the way you were raised which you know there's a lot of things i disagree with about the way i was raised like food or like discipline and you know, even like Nick, you know, whatever, like every, every friend I know has like, yeah. you know, things they disagree with about how they were raised. I feel like that's just like a natural, normal thing. But then it's like really sad for the parents <laughs> because as a parent, I'm like, I can't imagine Rilo growing up and being like, why'd you raise me this way? Right. Or like, why I grew up in New York city or why'd you, you know, feed me whatever, you know, healthy food you fed me like (laughs) should have given me more variety i don't even know what he'll possibly say but i'll be like dude i literally love you with my whole soul i was just trying to give you the best life i knew how and And i think like most the majority of people like nobody comes out of their families unscathed we all take something that we get a little fucked up by but but hopefully the majority like he of his feelings towards you will be positive. It will be like, I blame you for this one thing, but overall, I mean, good job. I hope he's just obsessed with me forever. Like he is Hmm. now. Well, we'll, I don't think he'll be like crawling around, following you around the apartment when he's like 20, the way he is now. I wouldn't mind it. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, we have a healthy relationship. That could be the red flag you teach him. Um, so other things, this, by the way, hello giggles. They spoke to, um, some educators and experts to to get these these signs. So it's got some 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 weight to it. Okay. What, um, did, what did they say? Here are the signs. They said number one, if you doubt your partner all the time, it's hard to watch your parents go through a divorce or a rocky time, especially if you were younger when it happened. And they said, although most studies show that divorce doesn't mess up children or eternally mess them up uh, any more than parents who remain together. It can create some anxiety issues. So that can later be translated into just a general fear of commitment or rejection according to psychology today. I think like being with divorced parents versus being in a household where kids are so perceptive. Kids know everything. Like like, and I note, like, my dog, if there's even the littlest bit of tension, she, like, sits up straight in bed. I'm like, wow, I, like, barely raise my voice, you know? So, like, Children are like that times a thousand. They're they're perceptive to everything going on in the household. The like it's I believe it's like way more toxic for them to stay in a household around, fighting parents. around like yeah. fighting parents or even if they don't fight in front of the kids. Like they pick up on the tension. You are not hiding anything. I sh- I'm sure it's also all about like how you talk. Like if your parents are divorced, how they talk about 
your other parents and you don't talk shit on the other parents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll skip around. We're not going to read all eight, but some other stuff. She said, um, if you don't know how to deal with sex, I have to say this one's a little bit relatable. They said, if your parents never stole a kiss before they left for work in the morning or touched each other around you, uh, you also might be a little awkward when it comes to showing your partner affection. My parents were like not really affectionate and it took me a long time to get comfortable with honestly like any kind of touching with people. I'm, I am very awkward even with like a hug sometimes. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they hug me a lot, but like I didn't see them. Oh, that's hugging, interesting. So. My parents are like grossly PDA where I'm like, guys, stop. Like, oh, stop I with the nicknames. I love that. It's really cute though. It's super cute and I love it. And that's why I love me some PDA. I always w- want Nick to like make out with me in public. He won't do it. Yeah. So, well, now you know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, Rilo will have, every time you smooch Nick in front of Rilo, just know you're helping his sex life. All right. Um, Another one, if you're not great at fighting, having huge blowouts and then dropping it in the name of just getting back to your normal routine or keeping the peace is one way that this can show up. But there are some others. Passive aggressiveness can be a relationship killer. So you might want to think about all the like sneering comments your mom or dad dropped over the dinner table when you're angry at your partner. Like if your mom was kind of throwing shade at your dad passive aggressively, maybe you do that. Maybe that's how you fight. Passive aggressiveness is the worst. Like... I, I really believe like obviously you don't want to fight in front of the kid a lot. I mean, hopefully you just don't fight very much at all. But when you do, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. And I think that having kids see arguments get resolved in yes. front of them teaches them that it's okay. Okay. Because if they never see you fight at all and you hide it from them, then when they grow up and they get in one fight with someone, they think their world is over. They think yeah. like the friendship is over, the relationship's over, and they don't know that like, okay, it's normal for people to disagree cordially and like or even you know maybe not so cordially but like it's not the end of the world you know you don't have to hate each other and you make up yeah yeah I have to say the resolution thing is where probably a lot of parents there's like room for improvement I don't feel like a lot of parents realize that it's important to also have them see how you resolve things because sometimes that gets done behind closed doors yeah so the fighting happens maybe because you can't help it in front and then you like are mad at each other and put the kid to sleep and then maybe you resolve it later but you know, it's maybe important for the kids to see things get talked out a little bit. They don't need to, you know, be a witness to everything. I don't know. I have like a 16-month-old. What what the fuck do <laughs> so I know? you're an expert. What the fuck do I know? Um, and just uh, one more thing. If you feel like you're competing with your partner, there are no winners and losers in a relationship. So if your parents were all about one-upping each other or if one person always caved to another one's wishes, you might have a competitive streak, which when it comes to love, which that sounds like super frustrating to me i don't think i could no i mean like if we're playing like a game like yahtzee sure (laughs) Sure. you can be really serious but in terms of like professional accomplishments or something or like oh my god i love you more (laughs) you more that that would not work well no you need to be each other's biggest champion yeah so uh yeah tell your parents If, if one of these things resonated with you you can just blame your parents Always good thing to do. Always great. People, parents love to hear what they did wrong. They do. Uh, uh, what are you reading about, Laura? I am reading the New York Times. This is an article by Benedict Carey called Be Humble and Proudly, Psychologists Say. So humility is not the boldest of personality traits, but it's important. It's an important one, studies find, and it's hard to fake humility. So psychologists can occasionally excavate the habits of lost civilizations. And in a paper published in the latest issue of Current Directions in Psychological Science, which I do not subscribe to. (laughs) You don't? No. A team of researchers reviewed studies of a once widespread personal trait, one characterized by an ability to accurately acknowledge one's limitations and abilities and an interpersonal stance that is other-oriented rather than self-focused. Anyways, long that is humility so it was once a widespread trait that's becoming more rare apparently um but they say that hum humble research is all the rage everybody okay. everybody's doing some research on humility lately uh research has found that people who score high for humility are less aggressive and less judgmental towards members of other religious groups uh than are less humble people uh even uh and especially after being challenged about their own religious views so you know that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. if you have high humility, you you are maybe less judgmental in general. In the new review paper, Dr. Van 
Tongeren and his colleagues proposed several explanations for why humility, intellectual or otherwise, is such a valuable facet of a personality. Um, they say a humble disposition can be critical to sustaining a committed relationship. It may also nourish mental health more broadly, providing a psychological resource to shake off grudges, suffer fools patiently, and forgive oneself. So, Angela, basically, humility is very important, but... Between 10 to 15% of adults score highly on measures of humility, depending on the rating scale used. That doesn't sound like very many people to me. Well, I feel like it is sort of in conflict with like social media, you know, and like the society we've created now of where like, like because of Instagram and stuff, I feel like people are always trying to brag and show off and be like, my life is amazing. Yeah. So like humility is not necessarily something that is upheld by that right that's true like capitalism has destroyed us all yeah it's true um but you know that still gives apparently at least 25 million humble people in this country alone so try to find those humble people and apparently you know like shakira's breasts small and humble remember that (laughs) (laughs) or it's like no (laughs) on that note we're gonna take a quick sponsor break and then we're gonna jump into our mailbox We would like to thank our sponsor, Dipsy. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions that are designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. I love this because we get a lot of emails from listeners that say they maybe don't, you know, having trouble getting turned on and they're just not feeling sexy. And this is like a fun thing to try that's different than just watching porn, which is so basic right <laughs> and i also think women like you it's just audio it's not the visual and i think women sometimes like using their imagination more totally so this allows you to do that it's like an erotic novel but someone's reading it to you i just love this so much um and we've had a you know enough experts on the show talk about how yeah two people don't necessarily always get turned on at the same time so this is like a nice thing to do with a partner you could listen to a erotic story together and you know it's also more discreet if you happen to be in public and you're on your way home and you want to like start before you get home to your partner uh you could like listen to it nobody's gonna know you're not like you know reading an erotic novel that people are gonna be seeing on the subway or you know you can't watch porn on the subway also a really fun thing to do by yourself i'm gonna listen to some of these stories by myself this is like you know sometimes i just want a little escapism oh this is sexy escapism this will totally relax you uh by yourself like totally try this with a vibrator oh my god so much fun uh the stories are relatable and immersive so you feel like you're right there and there's something for everyone whoever or whatever you're into they add new content every week so there's always more to explore you can find stories about a spontaneous hookup with a hot stranger or getting closer to that sexy yoga instructor that you can't stop thinking about or even stories about trying that new toy together or getting tied up The guided sessions also help you unlock new confidence or heighten intimacy with your partner. Love this. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash single. Um, Now, it's important how this is spelled. It's like tipsy, but dipsy, but it's like dipping in the sea. All right. D-I-P. S-E-A. It's like a dip in the sea, okay? That's like how you'll remember dipping your toe in the sea of sexuality. Yep. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash single. Dipsystories.com slash single. We would like to thank our sponsor, Third Love. Third Love does bras differently. They believe that every woman deserves to feel comfortable and confident every day with the right kind of support. They help her do this. Guys, I have big news in the bra department. So I ordered two Third Love bras today. And my bras, they weren't really fitting super great. And I filled out the all the questions that Third Love asks you. Big news, guys. I am now a 36A and a half. This is a size I didn't even know. I didn't know you could be a 36A and a half. But that's what's cool about Third Love. They do half sizes. I've never been an A in my life. I was like a 32C for a while. I was a D when I was breastfeeding. Then I I thought I was always like a 34B, but I think that's the joke is that every girl thinks she's a 34B. Um, But no, my 34B bra was not fitting quite perfectly. It was like, I don't know, the straps were fine. It was fine around my waist, but the cups were a little loose. So I told Third Love that and they're like, yep, yep. We know exactly what size you are. You're fitting a 34B, but not perfectly in the cups. You're a a 36A and a half. So I ordered their classic contour plunge bra. 
in my new size. Very excited about it. All I did was I filled out their Fit Finder quiz. You just answer a few simple questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Over 15 million women have taken this quiz to date, including yours truly. Um, They have a perfect fit promise. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, put it to the test, and if you don't love it, return it, and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need, which I, I just love. I mean, that's just all great stuff. So... I will keep you posted if my 36 and a half fits like a glove. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash single now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash single for 15% off today. And make sure you spell out third. T-H-I-R-D. You'll figure it out. All right, Angela, what do we have in the mailbox this week? Uh, okay, we have two family-centric listener questions. Our first one's a little long. It's on the long side, but there's lots of uh, details, I guess. Uh, we Let's just say we normally wouldn't read a long email like this, no, but we're going to get through do it. Do not send us emails this long. I can't believe Angela picked this one, but I'm just going to go with it. It just goes with our theme. Okay, anyway, it's signed, Screwed and confused, subject line, we all banged the same guy, and now my brother hates me. And for the record, Angela is telling me this is a very compelling story, so it's worth the long read. But just, you know, if I'm the one checking the mailbox, I won't even read an email this long. I won't. I will mark it. We're good cop, bad copping this one. I have like a tag that says, too long, you cray. And if you write me an email that's more than one paragraph, you don't follow the rules of the podcast. I'm so, not even going to read it. This one had certain like soap opera elements, which is why it's so long. I guess it took some ex- explaining. Okay. So, okay. Here we go. Let's dive into it. Just screwed and confused. We all bang the same guy and now my brother hates me. About six years ago, several years before his transition, my brother Marty, who at the time went by Mary, dated a guy named Steve. This lasted about three months and wasn't really serious. At the time, Marty was going through some shit and long story short, he got drunk and cheated on Steve and they ended things amicably because they weren't invested in the relationship but also with some understandable tension okay so this person was like wanting to transition which when you're not like you know happy with maybe how you are it's hard to be in a relationship and they cheated and things were just rocky okay i'm following okay then fast forward three years marty's best friend who is essentially part of our family named Carla, was going through a painful divorce. After a series of not-so-great decisions, Carla and Steve hooked up mere weeks after the divorce began, but they had different expectations. Steve wanted a relationship, and Carla did not, so the relationship, as well as their friendship, soured. Nowadays, Carla talks a lot of shit about Steve, even though she is now in a serious relationship. As a result, my brother Marty defends Carla and despises Steve, despite not having talked to Steve for six years. Marty, Carla, and Steve and I live in a small town and inevitably run in the same circles. It was known that Steve and I shared many of the same interests. However, I never interacted with Steve beyond the occasional like on social media. Fast forward again to a few months ago. Wait, let me make sure I'm following. Marty hooked up with Steve before his transition. Before his transition. And like things and but he cheated on him. So like things are bad. So Marty doesn't really have a reason to hate Steve. Steve has a reason to like maybe That's what not I'm like sort of confused by because Marty hates Steve. But Marty probably hates Steve because like when you cheat, it's like maybe hard to recognize your problems. And who knows? Maybe um maybe, you know, Steve probably said some mean shit after yeah. the cheating. So Marty hates Steve, even though Marty's the one that cheated. And then meanwhile, Steve hooks up with Carla, and now Carla and Steve don't like each other, and Carla is friends with Marty. Yes. Okay, like, keep going. Good fa- Carla is like good family friends with Marty and our listener who wrote in, so they're all like very close. Okay. So, so far, Steve has slept with both uh, our listener's brother and her good family This friends. is so hard to follow because it's so soap opery, but I'm doing my best. Okay. So... They all, you can see where this is going though. They all live in a small town. They have a lot in common. Uh, Fast forward to a few months ago, I was back in town for a bit and accepted an invitation from Steve to go kayaking. I was curious because I knew we were similar, but also extremely cautious because I had only heard terrible things about him from Marty and Carla, how he is angry and pitiful and hates women. 
Kayaking with Steve didn't kill me and I actually enjoyed myself. I kept looking for all the signs of pitifulness and creepiness I had been warned about, but found none. I held my defenses up for a whole month, thinking I must be missing something, but Steve was nothing but kind and hilarious and amazing to me. So you guessed it, I am now dating the guy that both my brother and my brother's best friend have banged. Does that make me gross? I honestly don't care anymore because I am incredibly happy. Steven and I discussed the weirdness and continued to be very honest with each other about our crazy backstory, but now my brother is so disgusted by Steve that he refuses to be in his presence and has recently stopped talking to me completely. Marty seems stuck in the past and stuck in Carla's version of what happened and hates the fact that I would ever choose to spend time with such a, quote, loser. Long story short, I can't change the fact that my brother and his best friend hold grudges against my now boyfriend for things that happened ages ago, but I also can't change who I want to be with. Steve admits that he made poor decisions and has tried to repair what he can of their relationship, but has met resistance. Where does that leave me? I'm torn between appeasing my brother, who I love and care about very much, and continuing to grow my fantastic relationship with Steve. If Marty chooses not to speak to me anymore, what can I do? Also, am I living in a soap opera? What the fuck? You are in a soap opera. You are indeed in a soap opera. All right. I give in. This was a perfect question for a family complicated episode. Thank you. Um, all right, here's the deal. You cannot control how other people think about you and how they decide to respond. I am very, kind of unclear. I feel the way Angel does. I don't really see why Marty hates Steve so much and why he thinks Marty's a loser when he's the one that cheated on on Steve. I actually have a theory about that, though. And then, okay, I'm I want to hear like it in a our, second. Okay. Oh, oh good. tell it now. Well, I was going to say, I think our list, so our listener kind of frames things in a way that's like, you know, sort of Steve's version of events, I think, or like makes Steve look a little better. And I'm sure if Marty was telling this story or if Carla was telling this story, there might be other details. For there. sure. Like you think maybe Steve wasn't that supportive of the transition? Or I just think that like maybe, like obviously this listener like really likes her boyfriend. She's dating him and she's going to tell like the best version of events because that's what she's been told and that's what she wants to believe. But maybe sometimes, you know, there's there's three sides to every story. Like there's yours and the truth. Oh, I love so, that. That's like, very true. Um, that's true with any of our listener questions that we yeah. get in. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no evidence in this email to think like Steve said anything offensive to either Carla or Marty, but it's possible that there's some other story that we haven't heard about. But like let's- she just kind of threw in the comment that they said he hates women, and I'm sure that there's a story there for why they think that about him. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. a very specific thing. So I'm not saying Steve's a bad guy. But it's but, oh, it's a possibility. But we don't know. All right. We're just going to have to leave that open-ended because mm-hmm. we can't make up reasons why Steve sucks. But mm-hmm. let's just go off of the information she gave. So assuming that, you know, I'm curious to know what that evidence is. It's not here in this long email. Um, but <laughs> so why does Carla hate? Steve because she, they dated right after her divorce yeah but but he wanted a really exactly this is what I don't she, get that's why she's like he wanted a relationship and and she I, didn't. I feel like there's got to be some more there but maybe I'm wrong yeah I'm curious I'm curious so this isn't really making sense Carla basically dumped Steve and Marty basically dumped Steve by cheating on him so like Steve is kind of like from everything the evidence you've given us Steve has kind of been like the victim in all this like people have broken up with him like he wanted to be with Carla and she said no right he wanted to be with marty and he said no like i'm gonna cheat on you so like why do these people hate steve i'm very suspicious of it um i mean the only advice i can give is you've got to tell them like i don't know why you hate steve so much you're the one that cheated on him like and like same with carl like why do you hate steve so much he he's the one that liked you but like i'm glad you didn't want to be in a relationship with him because i'm really happy and you've just you know unless he did something offensive to either one of them which you know, Angela and I are suspicious of. Now I'm convinced to. But, <laughs> but right, we don't have, we don't know for sure. So we're only going on the details that we have. Right. But, but like from the details that we have, you've just got to say like, look, I'm really happy he made some mistakes in the past. I'm unclear what those mistakes are because it's everybody else has made those mistakes, right. not Steve. So yeah, I mean, Steve's like, maybe the only mistake I see is that he's like hooked up with people in the same circle, which is like messy. Uh, and right. he probably shouldn't do, but and they know. call him a loser. They think he's a loser, but I think like if you don't think he's a loser, um, uh, like live it, your that, life. You said that he he's down to like mend things and mend those relationships. So you don't all don't have to be like best friends. I don't know if that's gonna happen, but I would really have a serious conversation with uh Marty. I mean Carla, like she's a close family friend, but she's not 
family. So talk to Marty and be like, please just like, can we all spend time together? And like, you haven't seen Steve in whatever it was, six years, like just try it once. And if it's terrible, you never have to do it again. But like, just for but me, why does he hate him? He cheat whatever. Okay. I don't <laughs> but get, I don't... he's changed for whatever reason you hate him. He's changed. And get to the bottom of why they hate this guy. It's not clear to us. Yeah. And, and live your life. If you're happy, great. Exactly. But if he said anything, which we're suspicious of, anything at all, like extremely offensive while somebody was transitioning or somebody was going through a divorce, like I don't blame them for thinking this guy sucks. I'm just throwing right. that out there. We don't know if that We happened. don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Okay, next email. Okay, this one is a little shorter. It's from Melissa in Montreal. Melissa writes, I have an icky mother-in-law question. I write mother-in-law in quotations because my boyfriend and I are not technically married. My boyfriend and I have been together for over five years and uh, have been living together for four and a half years. The relationship between him and his mother has always been rocky. His mother has suffered from alcoholism for many, many years and as a result has been financially dependent on my boyfriend and government assistance. This hasn't bothered him in the past since i understand bothered me in the past oh this hasn't bothered sorry this hasn't bothered me in the past since i understand that my boyfriend has to help his mother the issue now is that she has gone several months without paying rent and my boyfriend is the one who signed the lease due to her bad credit my boyfriend now has to pay upwards of eight thousand dollars so that his credit is not permanently affected this is above and beyond paying for her cell phone bill heating and groceries etc my question is, is it fair for me to ask him to cut ties with his mom? I want to build a future with my boyfriend, but we cannot financially afford to support her. I feel so selfish asking this. My boyfriend is such a wonderful person, and I hate to see him getting used by her. I apologize if this is a heavy question. Ooh, this is so heavy. This reminds me of a similar question that was written into the New York Times Ethicist, which I read a lot because mm-hmm. um, they – they give just really amazing advice and it kind of like inspires me in the advice that I give here on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I wish I could find it. Okay. You give your advice while I, while I look to see if I can find anything from this. So I think when you say cut ties, uh, I wonder like how, how clean of a cut you mean, because I don't think it's fair to like totally have her out of his life completely. Um, I don't think it's fair to him as someone that cares about her. And also it, clearly sounds like she she needs some kind of help i think that your boyfriend should definitely look into going to al-anon i know that um i have people in my family that suffer with alcoholism and their partners or like their family members have really benefited from going to al-anon which is for family and friends of people with alcoholism um and it just like provides you with a community of other people that know what you're going through i've heard a lot of good people have great experience great experiences from going to that yeah so just like i think being around other people and seeing who've probably been in very similar situations uh he will learn a lot about what he should do moving forward and have more support beyond just you because that's a lot for you to be his only emotional support going through this because like you said this is heavy shit it's really heavy shit and I think like cutting her off is not the answer. Okay, so this was, I'm just gonna, I will give my own advice, but this, the person that wrote into the New York Times Ethicist, which I highly recommend anybody that likes the relationship advice we give here to to read it. They said, what do I owe my free spending hard luck parents? That was like the the question, which, you know, is kind of what this comes down to. Um, so I'm just gonna like, can I just like read this response? Yeah. Because I feel like it was really helpful. Uh, so there was more information in the question, but I'm not going to read the whole question. They said, the main thing you owe your parents is the sort of thoughtful consideration of their prospects displayed in the account you've just given. That's because you'll need to establish a shared understanding of the limits of what you're willing to do. What should you be willing to do? One of the many things it depends on is what your parents are willing to do for themselves. I doubt, for example, you could just stand by and let them fall into homelessness, nor should you. But the right way to avoid an outcome like that is to try to get them to be more responsible about their limited finances rather than just footing their mortgage or their rent. And you can reasonably tell them that you're not going to support them financially if you don't condone the choices they're making. You're free to refuse, they're free to refuse your advice, of course, but then you're free to withdraw all but the most basic forms of support. Your obligations are reciprocal. Confucius, see, we don't really talk about Confucius <laughs> on the podcast, but they do no. here, which is why this is like a higher level. Confucius is the thinker most associated with um, filial piety. I hope I'm saying that right. Filial piety. You know, the respectful care of our parents, which he called, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this word, but um, X-I-A-O. Uh, okay. And for him, that was embedded in the norm of recipro- 
uh, reciprocity he called shoe. It was right that a child should remonstrate with a parent who would otherwise sink into the gulf of unrighteousness deeds, he insisted. Simple obedience wasn't filial piety. Uh, I hope I'm not pronouncing those right. It will be difficult for your parents to accept that their daughter, in this case, is now in a position to shape the terms of their life in the sort of way they shaped hers when she was young. It's not going to be easy for you either. Moving from your relying on them to their relying on you is a painful transition, though a common one. But what your parents really need most from you is the help in planning for retirement and old age. So anyways, they go on. But uh, he basically says the nature and extent of your support are going to depend on the outcomes of these conversations, which will enable a clearer set of expectations on both sides. Um, So, you know, this actually was awakening to me where like this ethicist kind of thought that like you do owe a responsibility to to take care of your parents. You can't just like let them go into homelessness and like you and uh, I I really like that. I thought it it reminded me a lot of this question. And then the added thing here is the alcoholism. So I think it can kind of be similar advice where you should, you know, maybe encourage him to, 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 you know, have her get help and like, and say like, these are the circumstances. Like I'm only going to like, you're affecting my credit as your son. Like, that's not okay. I'm going to pay this off, but like, I can't go into debt for you. Like that's not good for any of us. And you know, I'm going to help you and continue to pay for your like phone bill and heating. And like, these are the expenses I can afford, but like you cannot, you cannot skip on your rent or I'm going to like withdraw my like lease. You know, if you skip out on the rent, I'm going to withdraw my lease. If you don't go to these appointments, I'm going to like skip out on the lease. And like in order for me to support you and help you because I love you and I want to, like these are the things you need to do. And like, you are allowed to set your terms. Yeah. So I'm just setting healthy boundaries. Exactly. So I hope that's helpful. It's like deep stuff and it's mm-hmm. difficult. And then, uh, and then I think Al-Anon, right? Yeah. For I think, him, for your boyfriend. I think would be a fantastic, a fantastic uh, suggestion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else to add? No, but good luck with everything. We hope, and we'll get into a little more like dealing with family advice, you yeah. know, later in the episode that'll hopefully help both of these listeners. Yep. Uh, and check out the New York Times ethicist. Yeah. Kwame Anthony Apaya is his name who, who wrote that. And I, I really like reading him. If any of you listeners want your questions answered, or if you have any funny messages you want to share from an app, email us at contact at this is why Please be concise, a paragraph or less. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at this is why Now let's dive into our reason of the week. This week's reason is when family complicates things. Uh, there's lots of ways that family can complicate your life and your relationship. They cannot approve of who you're dating. Like in our first question, uh, they can have toxic relationship with your partner that takes an emotional toll on you and your relationship. There can be religious or political differences. They might not approve of you living together before marriage. I have a friend who's like dad is very old school and it's like affecting her relationship because she doesn't feel like she can live with her boyfriend and like go to the next step with him. I relate to all of these either for myself or for friends. Like, oh my God, you, it's not until you kind of get like older and like relationships get maybe a little more serious that all of these issues come to the surface and you maybe think like, oh my God, my family is like so nice and perfect. And you realize, oh, nobody's family is perfect. Like everyone's fucking weird. And like everybody <laughs> yes. has issues. Every family has issues. Every family is complicated. There's not one family I know that is not. And setting boundaries is, it, it like all comes down to setting boundaries. And like, I'm working on that. Like, you know, like everyone I know is working on that with their family. And um, and it's hard because even if your family is fucked up and weird and whatever, you grow up wanting to make them happy or like valuing your relationship with them, you know, in, in most cases, not all. But like, so like they might not always want the healthiest things for you, but you want to make them happy. So coming to terms with that is very complicated for a lot of people. Yeah. And like, you know, you don't choose your family. Um, they, but like, even if you don't like them, like there's still such a deep love for every member, I believe. Um, you love your family even if you don't like them and not all personalities are going to mesh and match and you're not going to approve of every decision they make. They're not going to approve of every decision that you make. But at the end of the day, you have to live the life that you want to live and be able to do it in a way that 
you know, can hopefully salvage the relationship because you only have one family. Life is only so short. You don't know how long people are going to live. So like, you know, I truly believe like there's a way to maintain a relationship while setting boundaries. And unless somebody's like so, so, so toxic in your life and it causes you more stress, like, and in that case, like sometimes the best thing is to like, you know, not you know, cut people out. And like, I've seen that with friends, you know, where, right. but you also have to make sure that you're getting as much as you're putting into the relationship. Yeah. But it's not always tit for tat, you know? Right. But like emotional, like, like if they're doing nothing, but like stressing you out and like, also, I think you have to look for patterns when it comes to relationships. Like, do they hate every single person that you bring home or do they cause problems with every single person that you bring home? Or is it just one particular person? Cause if it's one particular person that they don't like, maybe you should consider your family's perspective. And it's it's all like families are so complicated. Like I have a friend that has stepchildren and she's pregnant again. And like the stepchildren like are like screaming at her like you're ruining my life because she's like, she's just like trying to live her life. Like she found a guy that happened to have children mm-hmm. and like wants to have her own family. And like she's just trying to like live her best life and be like <laughs> a nice person to them. And they're like, you know, teenagers are fucking crazy. Yeah. And they're like so mean to her. I'm like, oh my God, I like don't wish that on anybody. But like, you know, every situation is hard. It could be parents. We we spend a lot of time talking about parents, but like it could be stepchildren, you know, it could be siblings. It can be, you know, aunts and uncles can be taught. Like it's like, it can come from anywhere. And then sometimes, hold up. Are you the one? Are you the one that's causing trouble? For other people? For other people. Are you Marty? Ask yourself that. (laughs) Ask Uh, yourself that. And I think no matter what, like you and your partner just have to kind of be a team and go into things together. And like if you have a problem with your partner's family that they're making you uncomfortable, I think like you should communicate about that. And your partner, like they might, it might be their instincts to immediately defend their family. But I think that you need to hear out your partner and like... Like, I'm not saying, like, like you side with your partner over your family every time, but you're bringing a new person into a situation that you're already familiar with and they're getting their bearings in and you need to, like, be sensitive to that. Yeah. And I'm, like, realizing this now with, like, you know, I live far away from my home and, you know, you know, even with, like, my parents want to, like, see their grandchild a lot. and But, like, sometimes, like, traveling can be a lot and having visitors can be a lot. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to, like, negotiate that and – when I, when we do travel, like I realize like not like if we go to a family wedding, like for my mom, she really likes to be under the same roof, which I get it. Like as a mm-hmm. mom, you want to be under the same roof, but sometimes that can be like a lot when, yes. and so for like Nick and I, like our boundaries, like, look, we're coming to the wedding, but we're not, we're staying at our a hotel and we have our own hotel room. I'm not, I don't want to get an Airbnb with my siblings, you know? And she's like, but they'll get more time. I'm like, like, yeah, but it might be unhealthy for me, you know? Right. And like the time might be like arguing or like more stress and like we when I stayed in my own hotel room we had like a beautiful trip at the wedding so you know I felt like I was like disappointing her by by saying like I want our own hotel room I'm not gonna like stay in the same house as you guys but it ended in a better trip so sometimes you know best and you know your healthy boundary you know your own boundaries uh all right on that note it is time for our reason of the week breakdown So lots of famous couples have had to navigate family drama. Laura is going to guess the couple based on the quote in a game we call Save the Drama for Your Mama. Love it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, This is a conversation between two people. Oh, pay no attention to her. Just an imaginative child. And then the other person says, Madame, my orders were every maiden. My orders were every maiden. Uh, Oh, uh, Cinderella. Correct. Very I'm, complicated family situation. I'm writing a book about fairy tales. Called That's why I knew Cin- you would get it. It's called Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling. It's out March 10th. You can pre-order it now. Uh, Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and other feminist fairy tales. If I couldn't get the Cinderella one, I'm in big trouble. Yeah. But good also, job. please, listeners, I don't I don't talk about my new book that much on the podcast. Like this book is fucking hilarious, and I'm so proud of it. And it comes out in March. Please pre-order it. Please go on your Amazon right now. Pre-orders are everything, and we have like thousands of listeners. If all of you guys ordered a book, that would help me so much. Also, the cover is really cool. So if you're just into displaying books in your home, it'll look great. Also, Angela read a couple chapters and gave some feedback and advice on it, and she thinks it's funny. And I applied. There you go. And I applied all of her notes to the book. So <laughs> it has my stamp of approval. 
Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and other feminist fairy tales. Put it in your Amazon now. Yeah. Good plug. Good, good, nice organic plug. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, next, actually, a hint. This is a couple that we've written about in our sketch show. And I think Ooh. Um, the quote is, deny thy father and refuse thy name. Or if that will not Romeo and Juliet. Be... Correct. Family drama to the max. Yeah. Um, okay. This one is a different genre. It is a chick flick. Uh, the girl says, I slept with your brother. And the guy says, you slept with who? And then his gay brother says, don't look at me. Uh, can I get a hint? Uh, the girl is Sarah Jessica Parker. This is sort of a weird, it's kind of a Christmas rom-com. Oh, I'm not going to know this. I can like picture the movie, but I don't know the name. It's the Family Stone. Yep, yep, yep. It's yep, such yep. a weird movie because there's, she a, has, there's like, a lot going on in it. Mousy brown hair in it. Yes, yeah, yes. I know. I know. Um, all right. Next up, uh, the guy says, I'm worried about you, Richie. And then the other one says, why? Well, actually, Margot is for some reason. But I did find it odd when you said you were in love with her. She's married, you know. Yeah. And she's your sister. Adopted. Margot and Richie? Mm-hmm. Margot and Richie. They're siblings. This is kind of like an arty film. I don't know. A lot of people... Don't recognize Royal Tenenbaum. Oh, I should know that. They were they yes, he was in love with her adopt his adopted sister. Oh. Uh, but they, they worked it out. That's fucked up. Um, all right, we're gonna end on one of my faves, actually. Um, she says, My whole family is big and loud, and everybody is in each other's lives and business all the time. Like you never just have a minute alone just to think because we're always together, just eating, eating, eating. The only other people we know are Greeks, because Greeks married. Uh, my Greeks. big fat Greek wedding. <laughs> Yes. I knew that when you were like, all we're doing is eating, eating, eating. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, it's that movie. I love a movie. Yep. Um, that was fun. Thanks for creating that game for me. Of course. Um, we hope we've cut up this week's reason. That is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. Check out our book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our audiobook on Audible. So is my new book. <laughs> you, if you don't have This Is Why You're Single, you can put in your cart, This Is Why You're Single, and then put in new book, Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and other feminist fairy tales. It is coming out soon. Pre-order it, please. They pair well together. They do. They're both humor books that will make you laugh and feel happy about yourself. It's true. Um, you can also get hooked up with some discounts from all of our sponsors. For a full list of sponsors and the codes, check out our podcast page on thisiswhyyoursinglesshow.com. We are also on on social so you can follow the show on instagram and twitter at your single show you can follow our personals i am at sparadactyl on twitter and instagram i'm at laura lane rad on instagram and i'm at laura lane on twitter please like and subscribe on itunes and thank you for listening tune in next week for a whole new show bye, bye. this is why you're single this is why you're single this is why you're single ba 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 this is why I single. Ba, 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 ba. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>